0: Here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today.
1: Thank you for listening to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and it's a joy to have you with us today. And it's a joy to have here, by way of Zoom, Shelly Hamilton. Shelly, welcome to today's Hope Along the Journey podcast.
2: Thank you so much. It's it's a joy to be here, and thank you for the opportunity to share um, the message.
1: I've just I've so been looking forward to this, Shelly, and I'm just I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on the podcast today to share with us. Many of you may know Ron and Shelly Hamilton. Uh, For decades, Shelly has served as the administrative producer of the Majesty Music products, which include, for many of us who grew up hearing this and our kids listen to, Patch the Pirate Adventure Series. And yes, you also <laughs> did a couple of hymnals, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you Majesty and Rejoice Hymns, and then correct. the Hymn Improviser Hymn Playing Series, and Annual Chord Keyboard Works, and the list you just go on and on and on of the things that you do. Um,
2: anything involving music.
1: Yes, anything involving That's music. What I
2: do. Yes, sir. So
1: <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit more about what you and Ron have done across the years and then a little bit about where you are in life today.
2: Okay. Um, Ron and I started dating in oh, 1968 and we got married in 1975. And just three years later, um, an eye doctor found a uh, what was a melanoma cancer in Ron's left eye. And eventually it led to surgery where they removed the eye. He started wearing a pirate patch. That's what they are called. And it was a plastic version. He finally ditched that for um, a leather version he made himself. And as we went back to church, kids started calling him. Well, they said, what is that on your left eye? And he said, well, it's a pirate patch. You can, in fact, call me Patch the Pirate. So that started a children's ministry that's been, oh, 1978 when he lost his eye. So I think the first children's recording, the first Patch Adventure, was in 1980, Sing Along with Patch the Pirate. And 40, what, 41 years later, um, we are still doing one Patch Adventure a year. It's a story and song CD that has... Uh, Fun characters and uh, songs that teach children biblical character traits, and it's been the joy of our lives. So, what was um, seemed like a tragedy turned into a blessing for us. Yeah,
1: it's amazing, and it because it became an icon. Everybody, that's how everybody knew Ron and knew Mm -hmm. about the ministry. So that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about what. Going on today because I know you and Ron are at a very special chapter in your lives right now.
2: Yes, sir. Um, Ron was diagnosed with dementia. It's a special kind called frontotemporal dementia. He was, it started about 11 years ago, but he was diagnosed maybe seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to take care of him at home until oh, it's about a year ago or a year and a half ago, I had some nurses start coming in to help me with his personal care. And then eventually I felt like I just, I could not do it any longer. I could not lift him. And so I had him, um, he is now in a facility, uh, a mental, uh, it's called a memory care facility and he's uh, gradually declining Um, but he's still very sweet, which I've been told is a huge blessing, which I do not take for granted. Um, he smiles an awful lot and, uh, he's not talking much at all anymore. Um, but anyway, that's what we're going through. We're just for God's timing. It Mm -hmm. is a terminal illness. So, um, we're just enjoying being together when, you know, I try to go over every day as I can. and. Mm Try to help him eat.
1: Well, thank you for keeping us updated, and and I follow you on Facebook, and I see your video postings, and I wanted you to share that, Shelley, because I want our listeners here at Hope Along the Journey to lift you and Ron in our prayers during these times thank in your you. life.
2: Thank you.
1: The reason. Yes, I- going ahead. Go
2: ahead. I was just going to say, I started um, doing a Facebook post Monday through Friday, about a year and a half ago, just kind of telling Ron's journey or sharing different stories or different devotionals. And it's the biggest blessing has been to me as I hear, as I am able to dig in the word Mm -hmm. to do the devotionals and then hearing comments back and people add just encouraging words all the time and they have been praying for Ron. So the blessing has been ours.
1: That's great. And I do enjoy the postings and I try to keep up with them. So thank you for sharing that with us. But today we brought you here on the podcast because just this month, the month of November, you released a book entitled Always Only Good, A Journey Through Mental Illness. And this book surrounds the story of your son, Jonathan. Correct. So I'd like for you to just kind of take us back and share the story with us about what motivated you to write this book and tell us about Jonathan's life.
2: Okay. Well, when Jonathan was 13 or 14, he had a several, um, actually two rebellious years in his ninth and 10th grade. And then he um, actually went to live in Russia and Spain with some different missionaries uh, for about six months each. And when he came back, he was so on fire for God. And he started going witnessing every week. He became he was elected president of his senior class at Bob Jones Academy. Mm-hmm. And he gave wonderful testimony to how the Lord had worked in his life. Then he went, um, he worked at the Wilds. Um, after his freshman year in college, he was a music major. He wanted to be a music pastor at a church. That was his dream. And Ron and I kind of had dreams because he was very talented musically and was writing some songs. And we kind of hoped he would take over our sacred music publishing company someday, Majesty Music. Sure. So when he was 18, he was a sophomore in college and was having some trouble with acne. So I took him to a dermatologist who put him on an antibiotic for acne. And it was very soon after that he started exhibiting um, signs of a clinical depression, which I did not know what those signs were. And it was actually a warning on the antibiotic, but he had been on so many antibiotics, I did not think that this was a symptom of that. But when I went back to the dermatologist for another child, I told him about some of Jonathan's strange behavior, which was not eating well at supper. He would just sit, kind of staring at his plate, twirling his fork on his plate. And he stopped studying. He would just sit in his room at night and just kind of stare at his book, whatever. You know, of course, it was, and he started saying, "Mom, I'm nervous all the time. Even just walking down the sidewalk at school, if I have to say hi to someone, I feel like my heart is pounding." He had just sung uh, Ron's "Rejoice in the Lord" song that Ron wrote as a testimony when he lost his eye to cancer. He had just Jonathan had just sung that song on Vespers at Bob Jones in front of three thousand people, right. and he right. said, "Mom, I just feel." that nervous again, just saying hi to someone. So when I took the other child back to the dermatologist, I told him about Jonathan's behavior and he said, it's the antibiotic, get him off of it. And so we did. I said, how long will it be till he comes back to himself? And the doctor said maybe two weeks. Well, two weeks came and went and he never did come out of the depression. It just kept getting worse and worse, until he finally he did finish his sophomore year of college, um, but was never able to go back. And um, our family doctor, his his mother had had schizophrenia, so he recognized Jonathan's symptoms right away as being depression, and tried different antidepressants, but they only made him worse. So he finally sent us to a Christian psychiatrist, and. This doctor, for about four years or so, tried just a boatload of different medicines and he was not getting help. And so he finally said, You know, this is the way your son is going to be the rest of his life. And you know, those dreams you have, you know, your firstborn son, and you think he's going to carry on your legacy. And I just went to hoping he could function, that he could get out of bed. Um, He lay in bed, uh, gradually not able to get out, beating his head sometimes against the wall, ripping his clothes into shreds. And um, finally, we tried a new psychiatrist. And this man, Dr. Jeffrey Craddock, was like a life savior for our son. He told Ron and I later ron and me later that when we first took jonathan there he didn't think there was any hope for him Mm -hmm. but he gave us hope and he sent us for mri he gave us different tests and tried different medicines and he was able finally to find a combination of three medicines that jonathan was able to function um he was a little bit more like himself uh, and was able to work at Chick-fil-A. He worked part-time at Majesty in the shipping department. And he he was a blessing for really the last seven years of his life. Uh, he worked at my sister's deli and loved it. And they loved him. He was funny. Um, he was kind. And those were the the best years. And he wrote uh, probably 23 songs during those good years.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Uh,
2: we've been wow. able to publish some of them. And uh anyway, the deli finally closed. Jonathan did in the the first half of his 15 year mental illness, it was finally diagnosed as schizophrenia. Um he had three different hospital stays where we had to have him committed and that was very traumatic. To do that, if you've ever had had to do that before, because he wouldn't go himself. Uh, he didn't think, you know, he thought he was gonna fix it himself. He thought it was a spiritual problem. We brought three different Christian counselors to the home, and they all thought it was a spiritual problem. And um so anyway, uh finally that we found the three medicines that helped him, and he, like I said, he was writing music. And finally, the main medicine was an antipsychotic because of his schizophrenia, the thought disorder. Mm-hmm. And the name brand uh, finally allowed generics to come into play, so the insurance would not cover the name brand anymore, which was a thousand dollars a month. So we went on a search for a generic, like a four-month search, and none of them ever really. Really work, you know. They only have to be eighty percent of what the name brand is, and they just were not working. Um, so finally, uh, Jonathan took himself off all of them. It, the, he was on three medicines. He just wanted to feel better. They, he had great akathisia, which is like restless leg syndrome all over your body, um, and. Uh, did I mention he had tried to take his life three times or four times during that 15 year stint of mental illness? Um, it's, it's a long story. I try to share it all in the book that I've just written. No. Um, so, but he finally took himself off the generics and the other two medicines he was on. And we, a month later on mother's day, he, he took his life tragically. Mm. Um, but he was very much out of his mind because he was off of his medicine.
1: Sure, sure. Well, that hearing you tell that just breaks my heart. Being a parent, having children, my heart is deeply touched. And I, I can't imagine what the roller coaster was for you. you yes, know?
2: sir. <laughs>
1: I, I I hear that times of... You know, hope surges and then it yes. and then
2: yes. maybe there's a dream you know, roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's exactly how I describe it. And for any parents out there that your children are experiencing this, or you have a spouse or a parent that is experiencing mental illness, my I want to give you hope and yes. encouragement. Hang in there. There is hope to find the right medicine, but. Uh, you know, your loved one can be very resistant mm. to it. So you have to lovingly encourage them to take it and try to get them to a doctor or to a hospital if you have to. Mm. Some, sometimes you have to That's do right. that because they right. will just reject taking it and you know they need it, mm-hmm. but they don't think they do and they don't want the side effects. Yeah. So um just encourage them to stay on it. The the research shows that over ninety percent of people with mental illness, if they will stay on their medicine, they will be able to function. Maybe not completely like they were before, but enough to um have a, a good life.
1: Yeah. It's so important too, and I I understand some of what you're saying from this standpoint is that I had Little known fact is I have a a much older brother and he was schizophrenic. And I remember when we got him in to a clinic and I remember we got him on proper medication Uh and it was like, we got him back.
2: Yes. It's, it's so fabulous. Was he able to stay on that medicine? Well, unfortunately
1: he wouldn't stay on it because once he got the feeling better,
2: I know they don't want, they the, don't side want the side
1: effects of it. Mm-hmm. And I
2: understand. It, it
1: was just, you know, it was, it was wonderful. And we had so much hope, but then because of the mental illness and because he just got to that point mm-hmm. where he's not thinking rational and thinks, well, I don't need it because I'm feeling good and I don't like the side effects. Mm-hmm. And then of course, then he, he plummeted back again. You That's know, so some people don't know what, Schizophrenia really is. So could you just take a moment to explain maybe in layman's terms what sure. the illness was that Jonathan had?
2: Yes. Well, you've got bipolar and depressive um, disorder, which um, is the bipolar kind of shifts between mania mm-hmm. and depression and then have, has lifts to normalcy. Um, it's an emotional Uh, Bipolar and uh, depressive disorders are emotional disorders, but schizophrenia is a thought disorder, and it also um, includes a lot of the symptoms of bipolar and depression. So it's very hard to diagnose at first, but it also has like delusions, um, thinking something is that isn't, uh, paranoia, thinking somebody is thinking something about you that isn't. hearing voices sometimes and schizophrenia, unlike bipolar and depression, it doesn't have lifts. It is constant. Yeah. So that's kind of a just a ballpark definite you know yeah. description.
1: And it leads lets us a little bit into the world of how intense Jonathan's suffering must have been. Yes. Through sir. those turbulent years. And it just breaks my heart. But it's good to know that the God of heaven understands all Yes He does. Of that. He
2: created us. Yes He does. And he knew Jonathan. He knew your brother was gonna go yeah. through these illnesses. And you know, just our blessed hope mm-hmm. that when we are in heaven someday. We are going to be perfect that's and right. free that's of right. sickness, sorrow, sadness yeah. and death. Yeah. What a glorious day. Oh, what
1: a hope we have. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, a hope that exactly. goes beyond the grave. And that's and that's wonderful. Uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, Shelly, that I just would like to go back and pick up just a little bit. You mentioned that there were people who thought maybe this was a spiritual problem. Yes. Uh, and I, I didn't have this down on a list of questions to ask, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm going to venture just a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, I, th- I think sometimes we don't understand that mental illness is illness, just like heart disease, diabetes, or other things. Don't yes. you think sometimes we, especially some of us in very evangelical conservative circles, yes. maybe have a tendency to spiritualize things and, and not seem to understand exactly. the illness element of this?
2: Yes, exactly. I've We, Ron and I, face that. Many times, and I we do want to spiritualize things. Mm-hmm. You know, we base our lives on the Bible mm-hmm. and truth, but the brain is an organ, just like right. the heart. That's right. The liver, and something can go wrong with it. Yeah. And to me, it's it's ridiculous to think that my husband's dementia is caused by not spiritually trusting God enough, mm-hmm. as my son's uh, schizophrenia. It's true. Was a spiritual problem. Yeah. They it, it, it had similar behaviors between the dementia and the mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it, you just aren't yourself any, you know, when you are right. in That's an episode right. or in dementia. That's
1: right. That's so important. And I appreciate you, Shelly, sharing that because I think a lot of people do struggle and, and a lot of people wrestle with unjustified guilt. Yes. You know, thinking, it, well, it, yeah. if I was really right with God, surely I wouldn't be fill-in-the-blank.
2: Yes, and Jonathan wrestled with that. He thought, he thought it was a spiritual problem. And apparently he convinced his spiritual, you know, his biblical mm-hmm. counselors that it was. Um, and so to tell them that it is a spiritual problem only increases their guilt. It's like telling someone with cancer it's your fault. Mm-hmm. That you have cancer, I feel like if it was a spiritual problem, most of the world would have mental illness if, if it was caused by not trusting God. That's
1: a valid point. You, you think about mm-hmm. it, that is a valid point. Well, you, you gave some words of hope to parents, but I want to ask you this question, so, which kind of dovetails into what you're talking about. How can the body of Christ love and support families that are impacted by mental illness? Um, how, how can we as a church do a better job and maybe coming alongside, maybe one thing would be educating our people.
2: Exactly. That is a big, I, that is a very good point. Yeah. Educating them. Um, that's what I hope this book Mm -hmm. will do to many who, um, either are struggling with them or themselves or, you know, have a loved one that's struggling with it, but for pastors, and pastors, wives, counselors to hopefully understand it a little more is, is a huge goal of mine. Um, but in the church, I, I have some things here that, you know, it is, it is hard to know what to do because someone with mental illness doesn't really want somebody else to know that they're struggling. And, um, the caregivers are afraid to tell their pastor or any friends at church because they're afraid they will be judged.
1: There's a so, sometimes there's a stigma unfortunately yes. that surrounds yes. mental illness.
2: And I think we've brought it on ourselves in mm-hmm. in not understanding it. It's it's a disease that's right, still right. Is being researched. Mm-hmm. And I mean I I'm, I'm just glad we live in a day now where there are medicines. I've been reading history of mental illness and they used to do lobotomies. lobotomies? I'm not sure if I'm saying that right where they would they cut half of the the brain out of mm-hmm. the illness people <laughs> yes. because they thought that would help mm-hmm. and it was horrible. Yes. It was horrible yeah. what they used to try and, and do to help, but at least there are medicines now that
1: absolutely
2: much of the time helps but I I say open up your arms and your heart to the people in your church support the caregivers with love and kindness pray fervently yes our doctor um, said he felt like Jonathan did as well as he did for those last seven years because of the prayer of God's people. He really didn't think there was much hope either. Um, but uh, don't judge or talk about them behind their back. You can send a, a sweet note stating you care about them, or you can do it with or with, with a small gift. Just send it home with the, the parents or the, the wife, uh, just to let them know you're thinking about them. Um, don't try to you know ask a lot of questions they probably don't feel like answering a lot of right, questions right
1: just that's good
2: be there um if you are a personal friend you can text or offer to take them to coffee or you know mm-hmm. or shopping or something just to walk around the mall but if they don't answer don't be surprised mm-hmm. they may just be having a very bad day yeah. um, and just don't be overly aggressive in reaching out uh, but kindly you know Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. as the spirit leads you and then um treat the mental health sufferer like you treat everyone else
1: that's good if they come back to
2: church don't get right up to them and say oh we missed you what's you know what are you feeling better you know they won't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. just treat them you know like oh it's so good to see you again and um you know <laughs> it's so helpful
1: shelly because my
2: words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah
1: i'm glad you should. are are some of those things in the book
2: it's yes they are
1: good well i cuz i really hope that the listeners today will will get a copy of this book because whether or not it touches your immediate family
2: mm-hmm. statistics show you are going to know somebody you're going to
1: know somebody or somebody within your extended family it because we live in a fallen world in which there is disease and illness of all kinds yeah. somebody yes is going to be affected and that is mm-hmm. close to you. And so Excellent. I really, really appreciate you sharing this sh- because you mm-hmm. said things that I hadn't even thought about and I needed okay. to hear.
2: Well, good. And
1: I deeply appreciate that. I, the, here's, here is the, the million dollar double jeopardy question that I want
2: okay. to ask you.
1: Okay. <laughs> so what do you feel like is the most important or significant life lesson God taught you through Jonathan's journey of mental illness?
2: The most significant lesson I learned was that God is indeed good. I grappled with it the first year of his illness. I cried myself to sleep. I thought, God, you have the wrong boy. This boy is talented, wanted to serve you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think, You have the wrong person. And I didn't understand. With Ron losing his eye to cancer, when he became Patch the Pirate, it was kind of easy to understand what God was doing with it. But with Jonathan's illness, I couldn't. I couldn't understand. And I finally, through counsel and scripture reading, I realized that I could never say God is good flippantly when good things or bad things happen. And I know that God made the world to be beautiful and good. It was through Satan that sin and sickness and sorrow and sadness and death was brought into the world through Adam and Eve, causing them to sin. Satan wants us to believe bad things happen because God is not good, but it is instead because Satan is evil. That's right.
1: That's right.
2: And I finally realized I I believed in my heart that God is good, whether bad things or good things happen. And knowing that God is my friend and sometimes allows bad things to come in my life or even decrees them because he wants to make me better. Mm -hmm. Satan allows bad things or causes bad things into my life um, because he wants to destroy me. Mm -hmm. He is my enemy. And understanding that God is indeed good Mm -hmm. as a deep conviction within my soul is what has got me through Jonathan's illness and now Ron's illness and a lot of other um, bad things (laughs) that have happened here and there. But I've also learned to focus on my blessings. That's
1: great. You know, Romans 8 28, we all memorize that, that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. But sometimes we forget that verse 29 comes afterwards. And that verse says that he predestined us to be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so many times I think we fail to realize that the good, the ultimate good, Is conforming us
2: conformity to Christ exactly? And I try to think of that every day now. I want to be conformed to Christ.
1: Well, and I think I think Shelly, your life is reflecting the beauty of Christ. I see it in this podcast. I hear it in your voice, and God is definitely has used the heartache and sorrow in your life to produce in you the fruits of Christ likeness and to be able to share what you're sharing today. And no doubt you're helping people in ways you would have never been able to help people had you not gone through what you've gone through.
2: Exactly. And it's only through his grace and his strength Mm -hmm. that has carried Ron and carried me through this, that we have made it. And, but we, the just shall live by faith. That's right. Romans 117, if we don't live by faith, That's right. we will get bitter, and we want to get better That's and right. glorify God yeah. through everything.
1: You know, And I think about the just shall live by faith comes out of Habakkuk, and Habakkuk you know, was mm-hmm. famous for that prayer, if our barns are empty and the fields bear, are barren and the trees don't produce anything, uh-huh. yet he's going to praise the Lord anyway and give thanks to him. And that's, that's
2: true worship, isn't, isn't
1: it? it? It's true worship. It is
2: true worship, yeah. glorifying God when we don't see Absolutely. what's happening.
1: Well, Shelly, uh, we could talk longer, but I know your time is valuable and we have to move on. But So before we go, first of all, could you give some contact information, uh, give the title of your book again, and where people can purchase this book they need to purchase?
2: Yes, thank you. Um, it's called Always Only Good. A Journey of Faith Through Mental Illness. And they can. Uh, it can be purchased at majestymusic.com. And it's on the homepage. There's a picture of the book if you scroll down and just click on it. It will tell you everything you need to know. It will eventually be on Amazon Books um, sometime after the new year. And I am starting to record it, an audio version, this Saturday, actually. Oh,
1: wonderful. So that
2: will be available for the people who live in you know far away and shipping is just prohibitive of buying the hardback copy
1: that's great, that's it, great.
2: The cost is 19.99 mm-hmm. so if you go to majestymusic.com
1: Wonderful. Okay. And I hope that you're just flooded with people getting that book. Um, I, I want to get a book eventually. You sent me the PDF copy. We are
2: going to send you a book.
1: Oh, a man. Signed
2: copy. Sign yes, it. Yes, yeah. we speak.
1: <laughs> and get that efficient uh, assistant of yours, Beckett. to send Becca. it. I tell you, Oh, she
2: will make sure I do it. She I is
1: pure she gold. I'm going to tell it. you oh, what. she's pure gold. She is. She's incredible. <laughs> don't tell her that because we definitely don't. <laughs> Wouldn't want her to get pride. Vote. I'm afraid
2: she's listening. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for uh, doing it.
1: Before we close, do you have any final word that you would just like to share with our listeners as we wrap up the podcast today, Shelley?
2: In your own context, in your own valleys, in your own journeys through this life, please Believe in your heart that God is good, and please um, trust him. If you have not trusted him as your Savior, we want you to accept him. Um, believe that he died on the cross and that his blood can cleanse you of your sins and so that Amen. you can be on your way to heaven. And the gospel is real. And the gospel, you know, our, I am just so thankful for my relationship with Christ. Amen. It's not a religion. It is a relationship. That's right. That's right. And we want, I want you all to have that as well.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Shelly Hamilton. Appreciate you being on the podcast today. And listeners, as I always say at the close of the podcast, Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to Jesus, he will help you find hope along life's journey. God bless you and thank you for listening. And again, Shelly, thank you for being on the podcast today.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.